right, Lisa. We are uh, here, as we said earlier. We are, we are the here. WGN Radio Theater is on the air. <laughs> you got to say it like Bozo Circus is on, on the, the air. air. Ringmaster da-dum, Ned da-dum, Ned Locke. His name was Ned Locke. I I was a I Gosh, was a big remember fan. Remember Bozo? That was such a great show. I know, man. And now you have a Bozo as a co-host. <laughs> well, I knew that, but I was afraid to say it. But as long as you said it, it's okay. <laughs> well, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. It's yep. coming up this week, Thursday. And this we're is all our... going to Lisa's house. Yeah. She's cooking. <laughs> Everyone's be a lot invited. Of fun. Everybody's invited. Everyone's invited she to my house. She has a tofu turkey. <laughs> that sounds delicious. Now, doesn't it? It's called tofurkey. <laughs> she's making two turkeys because she's such a turkey. She's making two turkeys. <laughs> That's true. All right. We're all going to your house. All right. Uh, all right. Six o'clock. So, you know what, Lisa? What? We're going to have a special Thanksgiving we are. show this evening. Yeah, we have our Miss Brooks Good Thanksgiving show, hilarious program from 1949. And then in our second hour, it's the Life of Riley, another Thanksgiving show. So not bad. No, it's, we're all about Thanksgiving. And um, before that, we're going to play our game, Cat's Pride, Guess That Song. We are on 1967. You did a great Still job. last 1967? Yeah, the whole weekend oh, is okay. 1967. <laughs> okay. Is that too much for you? No, it's okay, good. Okay, good. I think That's I got I most of them You did a yesterday. really great job last night, Thank surprisingly you. so. You did a I good job. I can surprise myself once in Isn't a while. Isn't that a funny thing? Um, we are going to be giving away a Lumo Nauti's gift certificate for wow. $25, which that is a fantastic good. prize. So give us a call at I'd rather have that than a tofu turkey. So would I, actually. <laughs> give us a call at 312-981-7200. We're looking for caller number five. Call right now and we will be right back. Motorists, this Thanksgiving holiday, never drink and drive. The Alliance Against Intoxicated Motorists Drunk Buster Program pays $100 to motorists who report an impaired driver. That leads to a DUI arrest. This program is in effect year-round in DuPage, Lake, Kane, Grundy, McHenry, Will, Boone, and Winnebago counties, and statewide on all major holidays, including Thanksgiving. Citizens are encouraged to report erratic driving to the police. That's AAIM, the Alliance Against Intoxicated Motorists. For information, visit www.aaim1.org. Well, you know what, Lisa? Christmas is around the corner. And we have a new website that has a Christmas collection on it of 100 Christmas shows. All you have to do is go to 100radioshows.com, the number 100radioshows.com. That's our new website. Right, and there are also a lot of other shows. If you're not a big Christmas fan, you can go to top greatest hits, like greatest shows. Greatest greatest hits. hits. Hey, this is Casey Kasem. <laughs> Casey Kasem. For the you greatest can do hits. Comedies or dramas, mysteries, uh, detectives, and westerns. So there's a lot of choices, and under each one, you can see exactly which shows and the dates they were played. So you have a real choice in uh, what you choose. Anyways, you can check out the website, 100radioshows.com. All right. So, uh, Shante, are we uh, good to go with the radio show or anything like that, or play the game? We have a little technical difficulty. So oh, sh- let's. I think we should get right into the radio show is that good with you we can do yeah. that and if we All have right. time afterwards then we'll play yeah. we'll play the game yeah we had a little technical difficulty but right now i think what we do is play our first uh, thanksgiving show i do want to remind everyone 312-981-7200 is our text in line and folks thank you for all the texts we still don't know 
what is going on, you know, with our show, if we're going to be on next week or not. I think we're on Saturday for sure next week, but we're not on Sunday, I don't believe, because Nick is on at 11. But we're going to find out what the new schedule is. We hope it's... uh, we hope that we're on the air. We'll find out. As soon as we do, we'll post it on our Facebook page. Right. I will let you know as soon as I know. But so thanks we'll for all, all be on the support. The same page. I mean, we literally had hundreds right. and hundreds of texts. So um, thank you, thank you, yeah, thank you. Yeah, we really do appreciate the kindness, and I think it goes a long way because yeah. it's really nice to sometimes remember. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> There's people out there. <laughs> all right. Well, one thing we're thankful for is our classic radio shows and our listeners, and we're going to play a classic radio Thanksgiving show for our listeners right now. Our Miss Brooks, good situation comedy, came to radio in 1948. Eve Arden starred as ninth grade English teacher Connie Brooks, and she worked at Madison High School. And uh, the principal was Osgood Conklin, played by Gail Gordon, and Walter Denton was her favorite student. He was played by Richard Crenna. And uh, Jeff Chandler was her love interest. She was madly in love with biologist Philip Boynton, and that was played by Jeff Chandler. Went to television in 1952, and we have a good Thanksgiving show from uh, from November 27th. 1949. It's called Thanksgiving Mix-Up. We're going to play this uninterrupted full half hour here is Our Miss Brooks. Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth and help stop tooth decay and luster cream shampoo for soft, glamorous, caressable hair bring you Our Miss Brooks starring Eve Arden. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks, written by Al Lewis. Well, last Thursday was Thanksgiving Day, and most of us realized that we had quite a bit to be thankful for. Even our Miss Brooks, who teaches English at Madison High School. Yes, a holiday means a lot to me. First, it gives me an opportunity to relax and count my lack of blessings. And second, it offers a chance to catch up on several days' brooding. But this Thanksgiving was different. I knew it was going to be when I joined my landlady at breakfast last Wednesday morning. Good morning, Mrs. Davis. Did you have a nice night? Wonderful, Connie. I didn't sleep a wink. (laughs) That sounds like fun. I was planning my menu for tomorrow. It's Thanksgiving, you know, and I wanted something special for Minerva and me. Minerva? (laughs) Oh, there you are, you cute little kitten. Where is she, Connie? Taking my stocking off with her cute little paws. (laughs) Stop it, Minerva. Now get away from my stocking. Either get away from those or knit me a new pair with that ball of yarn you play with. Go out to the kitchen, Minerva. I do want you to hear about tomorrow's menu. What are you having, Mrs. Davis? Minerva's favorite dish. S-Q-U-A-B. bit of good to spell things out anymore. I guess she's too old for that. Please go into the kitchen, Minerva. There's some milk out there. Meow. Right under the S-I-N-K. Meow, 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 meow. Don't tell me she slammed the door behind her. No, no, that was me, Connie. I wanted to show you the squab I got for tomorrow. Oh, I'd like to see it. Well, here it is. Where? Oh, right there behind that carrot. 
It isn't very big, is it? I've seen stuffing with larger drumsticks. <laughs> you know, Connie, I was all ready to get a nice 10-pound turkey yesterday when the clerk at the market said something that made me change my mind. What did he say? $8.30. <laughs> well, that is a pretty rude remark. I'm afraid I was a little testy when I complained about the price. Anyway, when I demanded something cheaper, this is the bird he gave me. You certainly did. <laughs> well, it'll be enough for Minerva and myself. I suppose you've already been invited somewhere for turkey and all the fixings. Where would you suggest? <laughs> Hasn't Mr. Boynton asked you out for Thanksgiving dinner, Come. Not yet, Mrs. Davis, but this morning he's going to be exposed to the most thorough opportunity to do so. Good. <laughs> of course, Mr. Boynton's been on a very strict budget lately. He probably can't afford any turkey dinners. Then you bring him back here with you, Connie. Oh, that's very sweet of you, Mrs. Davis, but that squab... Uh, we'll I... make it do. Remember the old saying, there's always room for just one more. In this case, you must mean one more squab. <laughs> well, thanks anyway, Mrs. Davis. After all, we've still got our health, which is more than I can say for that squab. <laughs> of course, I'd rather see you eat a nice turkey dinner tomorrow. Maybe you could wangle yourself an invitation from one of your friends. Oh, please, Mrs. Davis... Oh, that must be Walter Denton. He's giving me a lift to school. Be right there, Walter. Why don't you find out what his folks are planning for tomorrow? Maybe you could get yourself invited there. I'm surprised at you, Mrs. Davis. Why, I've never forced myself on anyone in my life. Connie, take another look at that squab. Like I say, Walter's mother may not know it yet, but there's always room for just one more. <laughs> It certainly is nice weather for Thanksgiving, isn't it, Walter? It's more than nice, Miss Brooks. This air is absolutely succulent. It's downright savory and delicious. One more crack like that and I'll be gnawing on the steering wheel. Tell me, Walter, how do you usually spend Thanksgiving? Well, usually, Mom cooks a big turkey and we have dinner around 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Gosh, I'll never forget last year's meal First we had a fresh fruit cup Then some delicious vegetable soup And then this big golden brown turkey was served With a special dressing made out of chestnuts and raisins and stuff And... You want to hear the rest of it, Miss Brooks? Certainly, just pass me a blotter and keep talking Well, I don't remember all the dishes But the hot mince pie was really tops and my mom is just about the best cook in this town. And like most good cooks, she probably prepares more food than she really needs. Oh, sure. Out of last year's turkey, the whole family had turkey, turkey giblets, turkey sandwiches, and turkey hash. That's because you didn't invite enough guests over for Thanksgiving dinner. You know, Walter, I've often thought that people who are so close to each other all year round should somehow manage to spend their holidays together as well. What kind of people are you talking about, Miss Brooks? Well, school teachers and students, for example. Who needs teachers on a holiday? <laughs> I mean, most teachers you get enough of during school hours. If present company accepted, of course. Well, you're a lot different, Miss Brooks. I know, I'm hungrier. <laughs> Look, Walter, about spending Thanksgiving together, if you're planning to be with your folks... Oh, but I'm not, Miss Brooks. Now, my mother and dad are going out of town for the weekend. It's my dad's first vacation in two years. Well, how come you're not leaving town with them? It's my dad's first vacation in two years. <laughs> oh, he loves me, but he thinks I'm a little wearing in spots. 
<laughs> so I'm staying over at Stretch Snodgrass's house until next week. Oh, I see. Then you'll have Thanksgiving dinner with Mr. and Mrs. Snodgrass. No, ma'am. They're going away with my folks. They're good friends, you know. Just like Stretch and me. But, Miss Brooks, I think your idea about spending Thanksgiving together is swell. You do? Sure. <laughs> then why don't you and Stretch and me have dinner tomorrow? Dinner? Well, that might be very nice, Walter. Oh, great. I... Then Stretch and I will be over to your place at three o'clock sharp. <laughs> My place? Well, yeah. That is, if you still want us. I wouldn't be without you. <laughs> but, Walter, Mrs. Davis did the shopping yesterday, and there just weren't any good-sized turkeys left that she could afford, so what she bought was a very Oh, what she small... bought isn't important, Miss Brooks. What counts is spending Thanksgiving with people who mean something to you. Gee, the Pilgrims certainly had it all over us modern characters. When a Pilgrim wanted to celebrate the holiday, he just picked up his musket and shot himself a turkey. At the current prices, Walter, the only way I'll have a turkey tomorrow is if I pick up a musket and shoot myself a butcher. <laughs> Good morning, Mr. Boynton. I just wanted to talk to you for a minute before your first class. Oh, I'm glad you dropped in, Miss Brooks. I've got some rather exciting news this morning. I'll be glad to. I mean... <laughs> what, what is it, Mr. Boynton? Well, do you remember the raffle ticket I bought last month in Marty's Malt Shop? Oh, on that green Adam's hat with the red feather? Uh, no, no, on a Tom Turkey. They had the drawing last night and I won. Isn't that wonderful? That is what I call the coincidence of all time. Coincidence? Why do you think I stopped by your laboratory this morning? Well, I, I don't know. To invite you over for Thanksgiving dinner tomorrow. <laughs> well, that is nice of you, Miss Brooks. I'll be happy to come over. About what time will you be expecting me? I'll be expecting you and Tom about noon. <laughs> Tom? Oh, oh, you mean the turkey. Well, I, I'm afraid he won't be with me, Miss Brooks. You see, at this, at this very moment, the turkey is on a train headed upstate. Why? Did he get fed up with our climate? <laughs> no, I, I sent him up to my folks' place. Unfortunately, I couldn't afford to visit my parents this year, but, well, now they'll have something to remind them of me anyhow. Must be a very tall turkey. Uh, what did he weigh, Mr. Boynton? Oh, about 18 pounds. Of course... <laughs> What I'd do with an 18-pound turkey, I'll never know. Until tomorrow. <laughs> well, I'd better be running along now. On second thought, you needn't get to the house until 3 or 3.30. On third thought, you can back out of the whole thing if you want to. Back out? Well, I should say not. I'll be there, all right, and thanks for the invitation. You're welcome. But, Mr. Boynton, if you're expecting the conventional Thanksgiving Day dinner, you're liable to be a little disappointed. I'm just not having it. Oh, what are you having? So far, Walter Denton and Stretch Snodgrass. <laughs> well, Thanksgiving Day arrived right on schedule, mostly because I couldn't do anything to stop it. After breakfast, I headed straight for the kitchen. There, I took a good look at Mrs. Davis's squab. Then I took an aspirin. <laughs> then I gave the squab an aspirin. <laughs> then I decided to make Mrs. Davis a full partner in my panic. Oh, this is terrible, Mrs. Davis. We can't possibly serve five people with this amount of food. Calm down, Connie. We'll make out some way. 
I've got cans of salmon in the house and some cheese and crackers and tidbits of one sort or another. But one doesn't serve tidbits for Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, I wish that bird looked bigger. Did you stuff him again since we last discussed it? <laughs> I've stuffed him five times since then, Connie. In fact, the last time I went to fill him up, I got the feeling that he was trying to kick my hand away. <laughs> No use, Mrs. Davis. It just won't work. I still think you should follow the advice I gave you yesterday, Connie, and get yourself invited out for a real turkey dinner. But I've already asked Mr. Boynton to join me. Then get him invited along with you. Well, what about Stretch Snodgrass and Walter Denton? Take them along, too. Why not? While we're at it, why don't you and Minerva join our happy little group? <laughs> We'd love to, Connie. Where are we going? <laughs> I don't know where you're going, but I'm going to take another aspirin. I'm sure the Conklins would like to have you over. I ran into Martha yesterday, and she told me that she was all ready to carve a huge turkey. Oh, is she fighting with Mr. Conklin again? <laughs> Don't be silly, Connie. Martha even remarked yesterday that she was hoping Mr. Conklin would ask some of the teachers in to share their dinner. I can just picture that. If Mr. Conklin saw any teachers at his dinner table, he wouldn't know what to bite first. <laughs> doesn't apply to Mr. Boynton, though. Osgood is quite fond of him. And he's also extremely taken with Stretch Snodgrass. Thinks he's the best athlete Madison's ever had. Well, what about his attitude toward me? Call anyway. <laughs> Remember, Connie, pride goeth before a fall. You've got to make a hit with Mr. Boynton. Here, I'll dial the number for Oh, you. but Mrs. Davis... Mr. Conklin can't stand the sight of Walter Dent. Nonsense, I, I know dear. Doesn't. His daughter, Harriet, is like... crazy about the boy. Hello? One moment, please. Miss Brooks is calling. You're Connie. Oh, hello? Oh, hello, Miss Brooks. This is Harriet. Gee, I'm glad you called. You're having Walter Denton over for dinner, aren't you? That's the original plan, Harriet. I but wish I, we could I... all have dinner together, Miss Brooks. I was just talking to Mother about it this minute. You were? Well, now, that's funny. I, I wanted to talk to Mother about the same thing. Wonderful, Miss Brooks. Wait a minute, I'll put her on. Thanks, Harriet. Harriet and her mother were just talking about getting together for dinner, Mrs. Davis. Hello, Miss Brooks. Hello, Mrs. Conklin. Forgive me if I talk rather quietly, but Mr. Conklin's taking a nap in the living room. He needs the rest, you know. He's been rather irritable lately. I know, for the last five years. <laughs> We've known each other for five years now, and, well, the reason I called... Harriet told me, Miss Brooks. I just know you feel exactly as we do. That people should share their Thanksgiving joy with their friends. That's right, Mrs. Conklin. You understand, though, that it isn't just me. I've already invited Walter, Stretch, and Mr. Boynton. The more the merrier, I always say. Well, I'm glad you always say that, Mrs. Conklin, because my little party lacks just one thing which you and only you can provide. What a beautiful way to put it. I can only say, Miss Brooks, that we'll be proud and happy to share Thanksgiving dinner with you and your friends. Well, thank you, Mrs. Conklin. Thank you, my dear. Harriet and Mr. Conklin and I will be at your place at two o'clock sharp. <laughs> it's almost one, Mother. Don't you think we should wake Daddy? In a minute, Harriet. Did you take our turkey down to the mission like I told you? Yes, Mother. I just got back. They certainly were grateful. The man said it would feed almost a dozen people who ordinarily would go without any Thanksgiving meal at all. Fine, dear. I know your father will be happy at the thought of sharing with our lesser privileged citizens. Now go on in and wake him up, Harriet. Yes, Mother. 
Daddy? Pass some more white meat, please. It's time to get up, Daddy. What? What's the matter? Oh, oh, it's you, child. What time is it? One o'clock. How do you feel after your nap? Fine, Harriet, just fine, except for one thing. What's that? I could eat my weight in wildcats. Martha! Oh, Martha! Yes, dear? What is it? Let's not wait till two o'clock for dinner. I'd like to eat right now. Oh, but Osgood... I, I saw that turkey in the oven when it was finished this morning, Martha, and I just can't get it out of my mind. Oh, it sure smells good, too. <laughs> you must have a pretty long smeller, dear. We gave our turkey to the folks who run the mission. We're going out for dinner. Oh, but I don't want to go out. I want to eat in my robe and slippers and... You gave our turkey to whom? <laughs> it's like a municipal shelter, you know. The man said our turkey would feed almost a dozen underprivileged citizens. Oh, he did. <laughs> well, teachers are underprivileged citizens, too. But I don't give them my Thanksgiving dinner. Now, calm down, Osgood. This is no day for your high blood pressure to get out of hand. We're going over to Margaret Davis' place to have dinner with Miss Brooks and some of her friends. Miss Brooks? Who needs teachers on a holiday? Daddy, Mrs. Davis is a very exotic cook. I'm sure she'll have some wonderful dishes prepared for you. But I don't want Mrs. Davis's dishes. I want turkey. T-U-R-K-Y, turkey! Of course, dear. Now, everyone buys too much for Thanksgiving dinner. Otherwise, we'd have brought our turkey over to Miss Brooke. But as it is, think of the joy you're sharing with the people at the mission, Osgood. Joy, my foot. The food at Miss Brooks' place had better be good today. Good? It had better be great! Every time I tried to call Mrs. Conklin back, the party line was in use. Now they don't answer. They're probably on their way over here this minute. To eat dinner or not to eat dinner. Please, Connie, you're beginning to sound like Hamlet. <laughs> Don't worry so about the Conklins. They'll probably bring their turkey over with them, and we'll have plenty. Do you really think so, Mrs. Davis? We'll soon know, Connie. Will you answer the door, please? I'm trying to find some more cans of salmon, just in case. All right, Mrs. Davis. Happy Thanksgiving, Miss Brooks. A very happy Thanksgiving, Miss Brooks. Hello. <laughs> the same to you. But is this all the party? Well, what do you mean, Miss Brooks? I mean, just you three? Nothing waiting out in the car or anything? Well, we were going to bring our turkey along, but we know what a well-stocked larder you folks must have, so we donated it to the mission. The mission? One of my favorite charities. <laughs> There's no joy like sharing. May we come in now and start sharing yours? If you'll just sit here in the living room, I'll go back to the kitchen and tell Mrs. Davis you're here. Oh, Harriet and I will go back and help out, Miss Brooks. You've done enough for one day. Why, I'll bet you worked like a beaver this morning. Gnawed through six fingernails. <laughs> oh, I didn't do too much, no. Come on, Mother. I'll fix the salad dressing that new way you showed me. All right, dear. And I'll tell Mrs. Davis about the new things we've been doing with parsley. Uh, never mind the side dishes. Let's just get that turkey to the table pronto, huh? You chat with Miss Brooks, dear. We'll just be a little while. Yeah, we'll make it snappy. I could eat my weight in wildcats, Miss Brooks. If they come in cans, you may get the chance. <laughs> I mean, we'll be sitting down as soon as the others arrive, Mr. Conklin. Oh, yes, I forgot. You're having some of your friends in. 
I hope that lame brain dunce, Walter Denton, isn't expected. Want some popcorn, Mr. Conklin? <laughs> or uh, potato chips? No, no thanks. Who's coming to this dinner, Miss Brooks? Well, Mr. Boynton, for one. Oh, nice chap, Boynton. Far less irritating than many of his contemporaries. I... What's the trouble, Mr. Conklin? I'm... I'm not a well man. <laughs> I've had some very strange symptoms lately. What kind of symptoms? Well, every so often I get sudden, blinding flashes of appetite. <laughs> oh, well, that, that's because you're under such a strain, Mr. Conklin. You see, under great emotional tension, many people experience sudden and uncontrollable appetites. It's psychosomatic to some extent. Really? <laughs> uh, now perhaps you'd like me to stretch out on the couch and tell me how, at the age of three, I was convinced that my younger brother was a cocker spaniel. Yours, too? <laughs> I was only trying to stall. Uh, help, Mr. Conklin. I had an aunt who suffered just like you do. I remember one time my uncle caught his nose in the piano bench. <laughs> Auntie ran right down to the corner and bought herself a pickle. A pickle? It satisfied her nervous craving. When she stayed with us, we always had to keep a big supply of food on hand. Big juicy steaks, chops, and chicken, ducks, cold cuts, potato salad. Uh, please, please, Miss Brooks. I want my dinner. But, Mr. Conklin, the others aren't... It's open. Come on in. Oh, hello, Miss Brooks. Oh, Mr. Conklin, say, this is a surprise. Uh, hello, Boynton. Can we sit down now, Miss Brooks? Not quite yet. Uh, pull up a chair, Mr. Boynton. Uh, thanks. Well, how does the turkey look? Did you get a nice-sized bird? Well, to be honest, Mr. Boynton, our turkey may not be such a big bird, but I'm sure the party is going to be a very big turkey. <laughs> oh, I almost forgot. There are some salted peanuts in this dish, Mr. Conklin. One would almost think you were trying to destroy my appetite. But nothing can do that, Miss Brooks. Absolutely nothing. Well, the door was open, so I just breezed on in. Hi, Miss Brooks. Here comes nothing now. <laughs> huh? Oh, hi, Mr. Boynton and Mr. Conklin. Hello, Denton. <laughs> Miss Brooks, I've got some bad news for you. You'll have to get in line, Walter. What is it? Well, Stretch's aunt and uncle insisted that he have dinner with them today, so he can't possibly be here in time to eat with us. Isn't that awful? I'm absolutely devastated. <laughs> Me too. Gosh, Miss Brooks, what'll we do with all the extra food that's left over? We'll eat it. At last! Come on! May I escort you to the dining room, Miss Brooks? It won't be necessary, Mr. Boynton. I'll just follow Leo the lion. <laughs> Cut the squab into small pieces and sprayed it with sweet air, Connie. <laughs> Nobody will know it isn't turkey. Now then, keep the lid on this big tray except when you're serving, and they won't know how little we've got. All right, Mrs. Davis. I might as well trot it in. Well, here we are. What'll you have, Mrs. Conklin? Oh, serve Mr. Conklin first, will you, dear? He's quite hungry. Certainly. Mr. Conklin, what'll it be? I'll have a drumstick. A drumstick. Yes, sir. Here you are. Uh, 
where I are. The drumstick. This is it. You know what they say, the nearer the bone, the sweeter the meat. If this has any meat on it, it must be inside the bone. Well, this is a a brand new breed of turkey, Mr. Conklin. They've been experimenting for years with this type on the theory that the shorter the legs, the larger the breast. Oh, then give me some of that. Yes, sir, here it is. This is it? This it is. You see, when they were experimenting with the short legs, the breast didn't quite get the idea of what they were trying to do. Well, uh, where are the wings? This bird didn't get his wings. He flunked out in basic training. I thought we'd never get out of that place. Fine dinner that was. Take it easy, Osgood. We'll stop off on our way home and get a bite somewhere. I thought the salmon was quite tasty. But, Mother, why do you suppose Miss Brooks took Mr. Boynton aside and then excused herself in the middle of the meal and left? Why, it was obvious, dear. Miss Brooks wanted us to have enough to eat. And to think we sent a beautiful 16-pound turkey to the mission. Everything happens for the best, dear. See, that's the mission right ahead of us. What a big line of people waiting to be fed. (laughs) Doesn't it do your heart good to know that we can... Mother, look! That man with the two plates full of turkey. Yeah, full of my turkey. Why, it's Mr. Boynton. (laughs) So it is. And who's that right behind him with the blue cap and hitting the big bass drum? (laughs) Hallelujah, hallelujah. Open up your mission door. Just one more. Hallelujah. And now, once again, here is our Miss Brooks. Well, after Mr. Boynton and I had helped to feed over 50 underprivileged citizens, including Mr. Boynton and me, we found out that we had enough money between us to take in a movie. But on our way to the Strand, Mr. Boynton suddenly stopped. Miss Brooks, helping out at the mission made me realize how lonely the most festive occasion can be if you're not sharing it with someone. You're so right, Mr. Boynton. I guess you and I are pretty fortunate. Oh, we certainly are. But I just remember that there's another member of Madison's faculty who's all alone tonight and needs cheering up pretty badly. Let's do something about it, shall we, Miss Brooks? Oh, that's a wonderful idea, Mr. Boynton. I'm all for it. I suppose you're referring to our French colleague, Monsieur LeBlanc. Oh, no, Miss Brooks. I was thinking of Miss Enright. Let's go pick her up right now. Who needs teachers on a holiday? Next week, turn into another Our Miss Brooks show brought to you by Luster Cream Shampoo for soft, glamorous, caressable hair and Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth and help stop tooth decay. Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden, is produced by Larry Burns, directed by Al Lewis, with music by Wilbur Hatch. Mr. Boynton is played by Jeff Chandler, Mr. Conklin by Gail Gordon. For mystery liberally sprinkled with laughs, listen to Mr. and Mrs. North. Tune in Tuesday evening over most of these same stations. And be with us again next week at the same time for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Bob Lamont speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. 
That's our Miss Brooks, a broadcast from November 27th, 1949. Good Thanksgiving show sponsored by Colgate Toothpaste and Luster Cream Shampoo, which I know you use wild root cream oil on your hair. Do you also use Luster Cream Shampoo? No, I generally don't wash my hair. I don't feel like it needs any washing. Right, just just leave it. It just stays clean. Yeah. Right? Man. It's shiny, right? That's what you think, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, Gloria McMillan, who we had on the air. Yes. It was in this show. She was was great on this episode. And uh, terrific cast. Eve Arden starred as uh, our Miss Brooks. You know, she was not the first choice. For um, for this role, they first wanted Lucille Ball, and she was not available because she was doing another show, My Favorite Husband, the right. show that you like. And so then um, they, I believe they then did an audition record with Shirley Booth. Shirley Booth, Hazel. Mm-hmm, of course. And um, they did one one episode, and the producers were like, nope. <laughs> so then um, they cast Eve Arden, and she really made the role her own. Jeff Chandler in this as a bashful biologist, Philip Boynton. Great episode, and hope you enjoyed it. Let's take a quick break. Then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. All right. I want to remind all of our listeners about our Classic Radio Club. Just go to ClassicRadioClub.com. I think you would love being a Classic Radio Club member. And um, for the first month, it's only a dollar to join. You know that, Lisa? I do. Even I can afford that. Well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) One dollar, you'll get 10 of the greatest classic radio shows of all time sent to you via digital download. You can also get them via CD. Now, it's an extra shipping and handling charge for that, but it's only a dollar. And you will get um, liner notes and all kinds of good stuff. So check it out. You can also cancel it anytime. So go to ClassicRadioClub.com. Um, we're going to try to play our game. We might have enough time to play our game, but we're not going to be able to do it with uh, callers because that takes too long. Right. So we're going to go to a break. We'll come back. We'll play our game. And then in the next hour, we will give away a Lou Malnati's pizza. Right. And we will have a caller on the line uh, just after 12. So stay tuned. Yeah. But uh, first, these words. All right. Let's play our song. Right? Yep. 1967. Let's do it. I can all right, we've got Roger here to help us out. That's Beatles. That's Beatles. Yeah. Carl? Uh, 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 Penny Lane. Penny Lane. Very good. Penny Lane. Let's hear it. Penny Lane is in my so while the song is called Penny Lane and, and it's a road in Liverpool, the song is really a reference to the Penny Lane bus station, which is now gone. Penny yep. Lane bus station's yep. gone? No, yep. What happened to it? I couldn't answer well, a that. a lot of those places. Did it hit the road? It, it hit the road, Jack. All right, let's go to song number two. Good job, Carl. Here we go. <laughs> Roger 19- liked that joke. He was yeah, laughing yeah. there. Nice. He I looks missed. like a red M&M right now. Though. All right, let's let's focus. Number two. <laughs> I for so that's all you get. Aretha Come on. Franklin. Oh, um, yep, 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 yep. You make me feel like a natural woman. There it is. Let's go. I love you guys. I feel so unkind. You're the key to my peace. Thanks for letting me play. And you make me like Aretha Franklin, but Carol King recorded her own version of the song on her 1971 Tapestry album. 
Good job. See you guys. Great teamwork. Well, unfortunately, neither of you are a winner. Hey, Roger. Um, <laughs> I'm a winner because I get but, to be with no, you. No, I was going to say you're not a winner of the gift card, yep. but you are a winner on WGN Radio. Roger. In yep. my eyes. And thanks for letting me play the game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, I looked to you for inspiration in the last one. I had the, the singer, and then I looked at you and I go, you, you make, make me feel like me a natural woman. <laughs> uh, the game's a lot of fun. We oh are going gosh. to play the game again at the just after midnight. We will be giving away a Lou Milnati's gift card, so uh, stay tuned Roger, for that. you know what you make me feel like? <laughs> oh, no. You make me feel like eating some M&M's. <laughs> That's just With not my, funny. Well, because people can't see me unless they're looking on. You don't online. look like an M&M. Oh, yeah. Bright red It's red. How about yes. red like a holiday, like Yesterday, Christmas red? No, he looks like an M&M. Oh, it could be red for the holidays. Oh, yeah. Yesterday, he looked like, oh, look like Santa Claus, don't I? The beard is filling out. Yeah, just wear a little hat. And you're good to go. Sure. Right, some black booties. <laughs> Where's your little helpers? Gonna... Need a little black my, booties. You're, you're my little helper. <laughs> you are little. Yeah. <laughs> you're not that helpful, but oh, you're man. little. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I get no respect. I'm like Rodney Dangerfield around here. I get no respect uh, at all. No respect. Yeah. No respect. Take you, my wife, please. Please. Yeah, that, right. that sound like put him up, put him up. <laughs> put him up, put him yeah. up. No, but the, uh, I could wear my blue shirt. Or the green one well, last night. Yesterday, yeah, the green I had the green one. on yesterday. Yeah. And, but like then my blue one is He's for... only got three shirts. Leave him alone, Carl. <laughs> I know what to get him for Christmas. <laughs> <More shirts. laughs> a different Wait, a color. Yellow? You know what I'd like? Maroon is a really cool color for sure. Maroon. maroon would be yeah. a great... That, that's what you, we'll buy for you. Okay. You know what we, I wish? And I say we, Carl. I wish I was marooned on an <laughs> island. <laughs> with, whom? <laughs> with whom? Yeah. Um, with Penelope uh, Cruz. Penelope Cruz. I know. There See how go. well I know him? Penelope yeah. Cruz. Yeah. Well, anyhow, it's been fun. Yeah, we have one. So we're going to have two more songs coming up. We've got two more songs and we have another great radio show, of course. Yeah. We will be playing The Life of Riley. And it's a Thanksgiving program yeah. called Turkey Hunt. It's with William Bendix. So we have a much more to come uh, this morning. Roger, are you cooking or is your wife cooking? We're going fixing? out to going out. Uh, friends of the family. Oh, nice. So we're, all our family is coming Somebody invited you to their house? Yeah, wow. I used a different name. <laughs> I used an alias. And it was a grab bag kind of thing. I'm sure. So, right. Yeah, we got lucky. Stick around, everyone, because we'll be back. All right. So send in your photo of your kitty cat so you can win a year's supply of Cat's Pride kitty litter. So when is that drawing? We're going to probably do that drawing next Saturday because we're not sure what's going on Sunday. But we'll be here Saturday doing the show. And I'm going to see if Dan and Dave will come in and do another year's supply drawing. So do send a picture of your cat to Cat's Pride Photo at gmail.com, and you might win a year's supply of Cat's Pride Kitty Litter. Yep. Not bad. That's a lot of fun. We like to give away things here. We like to give away all kinds of fun yeah, prizes. and it's always fun to have Dan and Dave here, too. So Absolutely. We learn a few things each time. But right now, uh, before we get to our radio show, which is a life radio? of... Radio? The radio show, which is a life of Riley. Yeah. We're going to do a little Cat's Pride Guess That Song. Okay. 1967, in case you forgot. I've got two great songs here. We're going to be looking for caller number three. What do they so, win? Oh, yeah. They're going to win the Lou Malnati's gift certificate Ooh. for $25. Call up, Like folks. you said, I'd rather have a pizza than a tofurkey. Yeah. So uh, call us right now, 312-981-7200, and we will be right back. Guess that song. 
We're going to do just that. We're going to guess that song, and we have Paula on the phone to play with us. Hey, Paula. Hi, remember me? Of course I remember you. How are you? Okay, thank you, and I'm glad to always hear you. Oh, and I'm glad to always hear you. You have a very familiar um, voice. It's always nice to hear from you. Yes, indeed. Thank you. All right, 1967. 1967, we're going to play the first song right now. There you go. You know that one, Paula? Love that. I couldn't really make it out. I know. No. It's it's not easy. Carl? Um, I think it's the Partridge family. It is not. No. When I saw her face. Yes. Oh, the monkeys. Yes. I'm a believer. believer. I couldn't leave yeah. her if you know, I tried. You know what it was? I, I got them confused because I used to watch both of those shows, Partridge Family yes, and, the, and monkeys, the Monkeys. So it kind of Don't you me. remember that song from Shrek, too? Yeah. Okay, let's right. hear it. Disappointment haunted all my dreams. And then and I, I saw her face. Now I'm a believer. Do you know who wrote this song? Uh, Mickey Dolenz? No, Neil Diamond. <laughs> yeah, Did Neil you know Diamond. that, Paula? Yeah, that's right. No. No, it's, isn't that crazy? Okay, let's let's try another one. We've got another song from 1967. We'll see if you can get this one. Oh, yeah. What do you oh, yeah. think? You know that one, Paula? Oh, I'm ashamed of myself. No, don't be. <laughs> I've been waiting for Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> I know. That's good, too. I'm pretty sure that's the Rolling Stones, it right? It is. Um, uh, you know, I had it. I had it in my head. <laughs> it's, you know what? It's easier when you're home and you're in your own, your own bed and you don't it's have to answer Rolling it. Stones. Um, I know it because I had it and then I lost okay, it. I'll give you a clue. It's something that you say all the time um, in the title. Um, Lisa, I'm right. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> You know what? Um, Lisa, here's the thing, though. I'm trying to break that glass on my my pillow, so that's why well, I'm saying that to pretty much every woman I meet. <laughs> you know what? They actually started the lyric used to be "Let's spend some time together." Yes, right. But they changed. They changed it, of course, to the night together. Right. Um, but <laughs> but you know what, Paul? It doesn't matter. You are a winner, and I'm so glad to hear from you. Um, you have won a Lou Malnati's gift certificate for twenty five dollars. You can get a delicious pizza with that. Lou Malnati's is home of Chicago's best deep dish pizza, my very favorite. Find one of their 40-plus Chicagoland locations, or, of course, you can order online at LouMelnati's.com. Paula, it's so good to hear your voice, and I'm so thankful that you're listening. Always, always. <laughs> Take always. care, and I hope you're Thanks, well. Paula. All right, Paula's a big winner, and we have a text in line, 312-981-7200. Folks, the reason why we haven't been able to get back to people on the text in line because the text in line has been just overflowing with people uh, asking um, when we're on next and giving us good wishes because we don't know uh, if the show will be on 
past next Saturday. We don't know because they've not given us the weekend schedule. We're hopeful and we are, uh, we've got our fingers crossed, but we don't have the answer. And so Lisa can't keep up with the text in line. That's why it's not, we're not ignoring your text. I will tell you that I'm reading all the texts and Carl can't read. So I usually just read them aloud for him, <laughs> but we do. And I do so appreciate all of the kind comments and, um, it's, it's just everybody's just been an outpouring of love and I, I feel really warm and fuzzy. So I really do appreciate all the kind words. Yes, we do. Absolutely. Okay. It is time for a Thanksgiving episode now of The Life of Riley. This was created by a very good friend of mine, Irving Brecker. I got to uh, know Irving Brecker the last maybe five or six years of his life. He was sort of going blind at this point. And I used to go and visit him on Wilshire Boulevard in Los Angeles. And he used to regale all these stories about creating the life of Riley. And we'd go to lunch and we talked about all these, uh, his great days of writing movies for the Marx Brothers. He started out as a film writer for the Marx Brothers. He wrote, I'm not sure if it was Coconuts or one of the other Marx Brothers films. And then he wrote Meet Me in St. Louis. He wrote Bye Bye Birdie. So he was a Academy Award winning writer. He had two Academy Awards on his piano in his apartment on Wilshire Boulevard. I'll never forget it. And I remember he had real thick red shag carpeting. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just never really forget in. it. I'll just never forget that big bookshelf. And he, uh, I, and I also never forget the first time I called him before I got to know him. I called him, I told him who I was, and I said, listen, I'd really love to license the life of Riley. And at that time, I had just started out, and I was really not making much money at all. So what's so, changed? Well, <laughs> I could, I mean, you know, and this was a big show, Life of Riley, sure. and he was like, well, I will give you the show, I will let you license the show from me, but you have to put up X amount of dollars. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have that kind of money. And he's like, well, call me back when you do, because I want to make sure that you're paying attention to my show. And he taught me a very, very important lesson. You know, I, of course, when I did, could afford it, and I paid him the money, I did think about Life of Riley all the time. I was always putting it in different collections because I wanted to recoup the money that I'd put out to get the show. And he was absolutely right. Taught me a lesson. And he was a wonderful, wonderful guy. And he's the guy that created this show. And he originally created this show for Groucho Marx. And he uh, recorded an album with Groucho Marx, sent it around to the ad agencies, and it didn't sell Mm -hmm. because the ad agencies couldn't believe in Groucho Marx as sort of a family man that this character was, you know, Chester A. Riley. So he recast it with William Bendix, and it sold, became a big success on not only radio, but on television and in the films. So we have a Thanksgiving episode for you now, early in the run, November 19th, 1944. This was sponsored by something that you love, American Meat Association. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, because Lisa's a big meat eater. Oh, yeah. Here's part one, Thanksgiving episode now of The Life of Riley. Here he is, folks. You laughed with him when he played the Marine in the movie Wake Island. And soon you'll see him with Alan Ladd and Brian Donlevy in two years before the mass. He's Hollywood's magnificent mug. I came up the hard way. When I was six years old, the doctor discovered I had an extremely high IQ. But luckily I grew out of it. (laughs) The American Meat Institute presents 
William Bendix in The Life of Riley. And now, on behalf of all those engaged in supplying meat to the nation, the American Meat Institute presents The Life of Riley. Right now, Riley and his friend Jim Gillis are talking about the big football game of the season, which to them means the battle next Friday between the Green Goats of the John J. Boskowitz Junior High School and the Maroon Maulers of Mazeppa Junior High. Listen to the enlightening debate. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) Listen, Riley, I'm telling you, like a friend, them Buskowitz Green Goats ain't got a chance against them as Upper Maulers. Yeah, who says so? My boy Elmer says so. He ought to know. He's captain of the Mazeppas. The trouble with you, Gillis, is you're prejudiced. <laughs> Family loyalty's okay, but just because your boy's on a team, that don't mean a team is gonna win. Maybe so, Riley. But what makes you so sure the Green Goats is gonna win? Because my boy is on the Green Goats. <laughs> And he ain't just a beefy fullback like your Elmer. Junior's quarterback on the goats. They call him Spark Plug Rally. I heard his spark plugs is full of carbon, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, not my boy. Junior's been giving his team some trick plays that are absolutely impossible. My boy's team don't need no plays. They just take the ball and walk down the field with it. Rushing off them green goats like flies. Yeah. You yeah. want to bet? I'd bet you a million dollars that the Green Coats win. How much? Two bucks. <laughs> ah, Riley, I wouldn't take your money on a sure thing. Put up your dough. Well, it ain't right to bet on school sports, or I would. Come on, come on. Let's see the color of your money. You can take my word for it. It's green. But it, it ain't clean football when you bet money on it. Backing down, huh? Well, I don't blame you. I ain't backing down. But instead of betting cash, I'll bet you a trip to the Bijou movie theater that my boy's team wins. <laughs> Let's make it interesting, Riley. I see you that trip to the movies and raise you a dinner. Okay, we'll have dinner at Luigi's Spaghetti Heaven and Meatball Mardi Gras. <laughs> Gillis, I see you at the movies and the dinner and I'm throwing in our wives. It's a bet. They go too. In a taxi. I see the taxi and raise you flowers for the lady. And a new hat for me to be wearing. <laughs> I'll be wearing the new hat. Okay, you're on, Riley. Okay. And the loser pays off right after the game. Movies, dinner, flowers, taxi, and a new hat for the winner. Right. Loser pays off. And, Gillis, when I say loser, I do mean you. So, Peg, I foxed Gillis into a deal where he's taking us out for a big evening, free, gratis, and for nothing. <laughs> well, that's fine, Riley, but how do you know this will all be on Gillis? Oh, that's very simple. With them trick plays of Junior's, his team can't lose. Uh, I'm not so sure. Junior's been acting kind of gloomy tonight. Oh, athletes always get worried. Where is he? In the next room at the desk. Well, I'll go in and give him a little pep talk. Hey, plus, Junior. Oh, hello, Pop. Hello, Junior. 
A plus B over C minus D equals X. Hey, that's a real tricky little play you got on paper there. Yeah, it's tricky, all right. Only if I was you, I wouldn't send X through the center of the line between A and B. I'd make C throw a forward pass. This ain't football, Pop. It's algebra. Algebra? Junior, stop straining your brain with that stuff. <laughs> you ought to be in bed resting your skull for practice tomorrow. I can't help it, Pop. I gotta hand this algebra in to Miss Jessup tomorrow. Then if I don't, she'll keep me after school, and then I can't practice. You gotta practice. How many algebra examples she give you to do? Fifty. Fifty? Where's that teacher's school spirit? How long you been at that algebra tonight? Half an hour. Or how many out of the fifty you got left to do? Fifty. <laughs> That's sabotage. If it takes you a half hour to do one, it takes, uh, two half hours and an hour. It'll take you a hundred hours to do fifty. That algebra teacher ought to take arithmetic. Don't you know you can't get done tonight? I gotta get it done tonight. I'm gonna phone her right now. Oh, no, Pop. You better not. Now, why not? She can't bluff me. I like to hear how she thinks a football player can do 50 algebras a night and still make any first downs. Well, Pop, uh, uh, she didn't exactly just give me this algebra to do all tonight. Well, you said it had to be all in by tomorrow. Yeah, but she kind of handed it out the first of the month. <laughs> I kind of forgot it until tonight. Junior, leave this be a lesson to you. Don't put off till tomorrow what you should have done last month. <laughs> oh, yeah, but... Junior, look, I work at a war plant. If I didn't do my job right last month, putting in every rivet I was supposed to, you know what would be happening today? American pilots would be flying over Germany without planes. <laughs> Yeah, but, Pop... Look at you. Stuck with 50 problems and no practice. And me with a bet on your team. It's wrong to bet, Pop. Don't change the subject. <laughs> I had a better backwater in front of Jim Gillis. Now, your team's got to win or I'll get the ha-ha. Come on, get busy on that algebra and hand it in tomorrow so as he can practice. Oh, right. gosh, Pop, you just proved it couldn't be done by tonight. Oh, certainly it can be done. All you got to do is do it faster. Mm, okay, but I won't be any good at practice tomorrow. And if the quarterback's no good, the team goes to pieces. Yeah. And if the team goes to pieces, they lose the game. And I got another mouth to feed. <laughs> Jim Gillis and his wife, too. You don't have to buy them dinner? Yeah. And can they eat? <laughs> if you leave an arm on a table, Gillis starts putting ketchup on it. <laughs> and... Junior, my head is made up. Give me that algebra book. What are you going to do, Pop? I'm going to do this homework, and you're going to bed. Oh, gosh, thanks, Pop. But can you do algebra? Can I do algebra? <laughs> I'll breeze through them 50 problems like nothing. you through with that algebra yet? Well, no, not, not quite. I, I had 50 problems to do, but I'm at the home stretch. Uh, how many have you left to do? 45. 
Oh, Riley. You only did five and six hours? Oh, is it very hard? Well, you know, in algebra, they ring in a lot of letters on you. I get along okay with A, B, C, and Y, Z, but they keep asking me to find X. Uh, what do they do with X when they find it? I, I sort of forgot. Well, I don't know, but they think they gotta have it then. <laughs> it's tough to find X because it's what they call an unknown quantity. How am I gonna find something when a guy that wrote the book admits he don't even know what it is? <laughs> That's what algebra teaches, dear. How to discover something you don't know. Yeah. Well, ever since I was in school, they've been looking for X. If they ain't found it in all this time, I don't know how they expect me to get it in one night. <laughs> oh, maybe you better get your sleep, Riley. No, I'm not done doing I'm no quitter. I'm doing this stuff if it takes me all night. And Junior's turning it in in the morning so as he can practice and win that game. Uh, what time did you say it was, Peg? Five after three. Uh. I'll bet that money-mad Gillis is sleeping like a log. Hi, Stumpy! Hiya, Junior. Don't forget practice today and right after. Okay. Secret signals and trick plays. Tell a team. Gosh, listen, Junior. I don't know if I can get the practice. I'm afraid Miss Joseph is going to keep me in on account I haven't got my algebra. Stumpy, you should have done your homework. Oh, yeah? I suppose you got yours done. Sure, I got them all done. Duh. You want to see them? Okay. Look at my book. Well, I'll be a monkey's uncle. Hey, Walleyes, look at Riley's got all his algebra done. Ah, now you've done it, Stumpy. They're all going to copy my answers. So what? You don't want one of your own team kept that after school, do you? Oh, no, but... Hey, Riley, nice work. Come on, guys. Let's get Riley's answers down fast. And we all get to practice today. Come on, guys. Hey, wait, fellas. I ain't giving the whole school my answers. Of course not. We'll keep them private. Yeah. Just between us 11 guys and the team. You home from work? Oh, my, you look tired. Oh, what a day I had. I had to work with one hand. I used the other to prop open my eyes. <laughs> no wonder, after being up all night doing Junior's homework. <laughs> I got it done, didn't I? All 50 answers, neat and good. <laughs> Gillis kept asking me, what was I so sleepy for? Did I burn him up? Oh, how? I told him I dreamed I won the bet, and when he was paying off with dinner, I ate so much fancy food, it gave me a nightmare. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I got that Gillis worried. I hope I can keep awake until it's time to go to sleep. <laughs> well, why don't you take a nap before dinner? Well, I guess I will. But, but wake me up as soon as Junior gets home from practice. Well, he is home. Huh? Uh-huh. Couldn't have been a very long practice. Hey... Hey, Junior, what goes? Why ain't you practicing? A plus B over Y minus C equals X. Junior, this is where I came in yesterday. <coughs> is that algebra again? Oh, yeah, Pop. Some more of that Miss Jessup's work. Junior, did she give you more algebra after you handed in them 50 examples I did last night? Oh, yes, sir. I handed in my answers, and then the rest of the team handed in uh, their answers, and we was all set to go to practice, and... All of a sudden, that Miss Jessup says, 
By a not coincidence, I find that 11 boys in this class all have the same answers. So what? 11 boys all know their stuff. And then she says, by a not coincidence, these 11 boys are all on the football team. Oh, is that so? I suppose with her, it's a crime to play football, huh? And then she says, and by a not coincidence, these 11 boys are the same 11 boys who are getting 50 more problems to do tonight. What? <laughs> she can't do that to me? <laughs> so we all had to come home and do algebra instead of practicing. No practice. After me working all night. If we don't have the new 50 done by tomorrow, she says we can't play the game at all. We'll be ineligible. I've heard enough. That Miss Jessup is a spy from Mazeppa High. <laughs> She's working for the wrong school. She must have half of Gillis's bet. This is a frame-up. Oh, gosh, where are you going, Pa? I'm going to see that Mrs. Jessup and give her some pieces on my mind. I'll give her algebra. Mrs. Jessup, I'll tell her, if A for algebra equals B, we get beaten at game tomorrow, then X is going to be the unknown place where you'll be looking for a new job. <laughs> We left Riley on his way to see Junior's algebra teacher and deliver a lecture on the evils of homework for football players, especially when the father of one of the players stands to lose a bet and eat crow if the team loses tomorrow's big game. As we rejoin Riley now, he is tapping a bit nervously at the door of Miss Jessup's apartment. Yes? Ah, good evening, teacher. I, 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 Miss Jessup. Uh, Junior Riley is my father. I, uh, uh, his father. I, I mean, uh, I mean, I am. Oh, uh, well, do come in, Mr. Riley. I'm always glad to meet the parents of my pupils. I hope you'll excuse all these papers on the floor. I'm doing some homework. Homework? Who makes you do homework? The principal? <laughs> well, it's my job, Mr. Riley. I have to correct and grade all the homework done for the class. But sit down, do. Oh, thanks. Uh, Miss Jessup, I'm, I'm here to say something about Junior's homework. That's very thoughtful of you. It could be improved. Uh, no, no doubtless you are very correct, Miss Jessup. But on the other hand, how about football? And uh, what's with all this algebra? You... You can't put algebra up on the scoreboard against them Mazeppas tomorrow, Perhaps not, Mr. Riley. Nor can I put a, a home run on a student's report card. Home run? Miss Jessup, don't you know nothing about football? Very little, I confess. I went to a girls' college many, uh, um, several years ago. <laughs> to me, football is a superfluous adjunct to the curriculum. After all... What is football? What is curriculum? <laughs> I am not averse to helpful exercise, but in the larger game of life, Mr. Riley, algebra is more important than any sport. Who to? Pardon me? I say who to is it more important to? You know, you, you never see no algebra scores in the newspapers, do you? No, but I... Uh, no. You, you never heard no big cheering section in the grandstand yelling, 
Locked that unknown quantity. I, uh, I've never heard a cheering section yelling uh, anything. Miss Jessup, are you kidding? You never saw a football game? No, Mr. Riley, I'm not kidding. Miss Jessup, you've been going to school too much. I'm taking you personally to that game tomorrow. I, I mean, uh, may I? Why, uh... Why, I'd love to go. Uh... Oh, that's swell. Now, listen, you want to see a good game, don't you? You, you want to see your school win, huh? I would not be averse to a favorable decision if the boys play at all. Uh... Play at all? They got to play. It's the big game. You ain't going to stick to that fantastic idea of them handing in 50 algebras tomorrow, are you? I most certainly am. Oh, have a heart, Miss Jessup. Look, them, 50, them boys give you 50 algebras today, and you sock them 50 more. Yes, Mr. Riley. By an odd coincidence, 11 boys with the same set of answers. So what? Look, there's only one right answer to any one of them gimmicks, am I right? Certainly. Okay, now I got you. Everybody that gets the right answer gets the same answer. What's so funny with them 11 being right? Nothing. That would be fine. They all had the same answers, and every answer was wrong. <laughs> wrong? My answers, uh, the, the, the junior's answers were all wrong? They were? What a revolting development this is. <laughs> Were the answers very wrong? Fantastically wrong. Uh, you see, Mr. Riley, it was obvious that all the boys had copied their answers from one boy, who, I'm afraid, is not on par mentally with the average 13-year-old child. <laughs> he ain't, huh? I pity his poor parents. Yeah, especially his father. I had no choice but to discipline them. But that team's got to play tomorrow. Listen, why take it out on all of them? Why don't you just punish the boy that gave them all the wrong answers? I, uh, well, I could do that if the boy would confess. You would? Yes, because then I could talk to that boy and make him promise to stop spreading ignorance among my pupils. <laughs> okay. The team's got to play, so... If you promise just to punish him and let the rest of them play, I'll tell you what boy got the wrong answers. I promise. Okay. I'm the boy. <gasps> oh, Mr. Riley. A grown man. Well, not quite. I'm still grown. <laughs> I did Junior's answers, so they all must have taken his. I, I mean, mine. I see. So now you'll have to let the team play and just punish me. <laughs> I wear a size 7 and 5 eighths dunce cap. <laughs> Very well, Mr. Riley. I'll keep my bargain. The team shall play. Oh, thanks. That's great. Now, uh, for your punishment, just sign this slip of paper. Is that all? Oh, sure. Give it here. There you are. It's all signed. Now, perhaps you'd better read it uh, now that you've signed it. Mr. Riley, I want you to carry out what you promised on that paper. Oh, sure. Let me see. That's... I hereby agree to attend all classes assigned to me at adult night school. Wait, wait, hey, nothing doing. Give me back my signature. I, I can't go to school now. I'm 38. How'll it look? I'll, I'll never see my wife. If you want that team to play, 
You'll report to my algebra class for beginners tomorrow night. After 25 years, I'm going back to school. What a long recess. Time out. What's the situation now? It ain't good. It isn't good. You said it. It's rotten. <laughs> Five minutes to play, six nothing in favor of the Mazeppas, and we got the ball on our own one-yard line. Well, that isn't so bad. All one of our boys has to do now is take the ball and run 99 yards through the other team. That could be done. Sure, if he was a tank. <laughs> oh, football is so thrilling. I'm glad you brought me, Mr. Riley. And wasn't it sweet of the team to present me with these flowers? Oh, they appreciate you letting them play. They might have appreciated me who done their algebras for them. After all, a ten-cent cigar only costs 15 or 20 cents. <laughs> ah, but you did the problems wrong. Well, all right, then. One measly cigarette. <laughs> They're starting again. Squash them like grapes and pick up the pits. Three cheers for John J. Boscowitz! <laughs> Mr. Riley, I echo those sentiments. They're lining up. If Junior don't throw a forward pass now, I'll, I'll disown him. He's going! It's a beauty! Stumpy's going for it! He's going to fumble! Oh, I'm so glad! Oh. No! No, he held it! He's running for a touchdown! He's over it! He's scoring time! Now, look, if we can kick a conversion, we get an extra point. We win by one point. Oh, I can't keep the figures in my head. Miss Jessup, you should give up algebra and take up arithmetic. <laughs> take my word for it. If the ball goes over that thing that's out there between the posts, it's our game. Look, look, uh, isn't that Junior? About to kick? Yeah, my boy Junior. Block that kick! Block that kick! No! <laughs> Here he goes. Have I got a son or have I got a son? Oh, this is very gratifying. Oh, I must see all the games. Ah, you're okay, Miss Jessup. You're a good sport. <laughs> and what a sense of humor. <laughs> humor? Yeah, that, that gag you pulled on me about going to night school. <laughs> For a while there, I thought you meant it. <laughs> what a killer. Well, I'll be seeing you sometime. I... And Mr. Riley, uh, uh... you'll be seeing me in my class at night school tonight. Are <laughs> uh, you... Weren't kidding? I most certainly was not. You be there at nine o'clock. Yes, teacher. <laughs> well, here I am, Riley. The taxi's outside with the missus, and I'm here to pay off the bet. Bet? Oh, yeah, Gillis. You're taking us all to the movies and dinner. Yeah, right. You know, the ghost was covered with horseshoes, but they won, and I'm paying off. Friday, we said, right yep. after the game, huh? Mm -hmm. Oh, here's your flowers, Mrs. Riley. Come on, Riley, let's go. Uh, uh, you go on, Peg, and take Junior instead of me, huh? Nah, come on. What's wrong? Oh, listen. Here's your new hat, too, Riley. It's the biggest I could get. Size seven and eight eights. <laughs> hey, uh... What are you doing with all them books in the book scrap? Oh, I'm getting ready for school. School? At your age? 
age has got nothing to do with it. It's ignorance that counts. <laughs> I can't collect my bet tonight because I signed up with Miss Jessup. I got to go to night school. Algebra for beginners. <laughs> what do you know? School days, school days, zero uh, gold. Cut it out, Gillis. I ain't no kid. Well, I guess I better go. Hey, wait a minute. Uh, What's that sticking out of your pocket? Oh, oh that, that, that's an avocado. What for? That's for the teacher. I couldn't find an apple. <laughs> oh, hello, Pop. Home from school already? Yeah. Riley, what are you doing? My homework. Homework? Yeah. I got 50 problems to do. Oh, Pop, you go to bed. I can sleep tomorrow. I'll do your homework. You will? Gosh. Thanks, Junior. Oh, but Riley, uh, 50 problems the first night? Well, yeah. You, you see, the teacher caught me in the coat room smoking. <laughs> week at this very same time for a lot more laughs when Riley becomes a pilgrim and heads for the woods to shoot a Thanksgiving turkey. The Life of Riley stars William Bendix and is sponsored by the American Meat Institute. William Bendix as Riley appears on this program by arrangement with Hal Roach. The Life of Riley was directed by Don Bernard with music by Lou Kozloff and came to you from Hollywood. This is Ken Niles saying, see you next week. This is the Blue Network. That was the life of Riley. You know what they, why they called it the Blue Network, Lisa? As opposed to the red one. No, it was called the Blue <laughs> Network because it was sad all the time. Yeah. You know? Like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it You're was blue. from uh, November 19th, 1944. A Thanksgiving show and uh, William Bendix starring as Chester A. Riley. They made a few films as well. And. It made a transition to television in, uh, let's see, I think it went to television in 1948. Pretty early was one of the first shows that made a transition. But the interesting thing was it was very popular on radio. And so Irving Brecker was like, okay, let's put this on television. Got a deal. I believe it was on CBS or NBC at the time. And they couldn't bring William Bendix over to do the television show because he was under contract with Hal Roach Studios. So he could do radio because it was just his voice. But the film company, Hal Roach, did not want him in a visual medium. So there was a real predicament there. Well, prior, like a couple of years earlier, there was an episode where William Bendix was ill and he couldn't do the radio show. So Irving Brecker cast a guy by the name of Jackie Gleason. Jackie Gleason in the role, you know, because Bendix was not well. And uh, Jackie Gleason was really not known to anyone at the time, but he was uh, an up-and-coming kind of a comedian actor, and William and um, Irving Brecker liked him and said, you know what, I need you to fill in for Riley, you know, because William Bendix on this Riley radio show. And he did and did a great job. In fact, we have that. I was going to just ask you. We do. We, we have, have that, that radio that episode. That would be great to play. I will. I'll play it. And so he thought of him, obviously, was like, right. you know what? 
Maybe Jackie I'll... Jackie Gleason. And he did. He cast Jackie Gleason. So the very first season of The Life of Riley on television is Jackie Gleason. And how was that? Great. Seen it? Yeah. It was great. I mean, what couldn't... I've, I feel I mean, like he, he was great. Yeah. He couldn't be anything but great. But then after one season, William Bendix was still playing it on the radio, playing the character on radio... And he became available. He got out of the Hal Roach contract, and then they went. Then he did it on on television for the rest of the run. I think it was um, till about fifty one or fifty two. So uh, that's the uh, that's the whole story of the life of Riley, and um, I'm going to stick to it. I'm Good. Not, I'm well, not changing. Whatever. I believe I'm you. I'm not changing my story one bit. Well, if you say it, it must be true. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. Then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. Motorists, this thank this Thanksgiving holiday. I'm just going to start over. Yeah. Motorists, this Thanksgiving holiday, never drink and drive. The Alliance Against Intoxicated Motorists Drunk Buster Program pays $100 to motorists who report an impaired driver that leads to a DUI arrest. This program is in effect year-round in DuPage, Lake, Kane, Grundy, McHenry, Will, Boone, and Winnebago counties, and statewide on all major holidays, including Thanksgiving. Citizens are encouraged to report erratic driving to the police. That's AAIM, the Alliance Against Intoxicated Motorists. For information, visit www.aaim1.org. You know what? On Thanksgiving, Lisa, Thursday... I'm uh, I'm gonna have all three of my kids with me. That's nice. Gonna go over to my sister's house. Right. Where my mom is there. Good. And my sister, who is an amazing cook, I'm talking amazing. Kind of like me. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Not as good as you. Well, yeah. Come it's on. hard. Come on. But to you know, keep up She's with me. She's an amazing but... cook. She's gonna make the whole shooting match. Right. Right. The turkey. The whole shebang. The the ham. You have you a know, ham and a turkey? Yeah. And oh, we you don't know, like do the, that. the glazed ham, you know, the sugar glazed ham. ham. Those we are don't good. do ham. Oh, yeah. No, just to turkey. Like that. You know, it's like the spiral thing. It's really good. We don't eat that. And then there's going to be stuffing, cr- cranberry, um, you know, the cranberries. Love cranberries. And then there's going to be Brussels sprouts. Love Brussels sprouts. Mm, I go for green beans. I'm not Mashed a Brussels potatoes. sprout fan. Um, we're making, gravy. I'm making mashed potatoes and sweet potatoes because yeah, sweet potatoes that's how too. we roll, right? And so and then, you know, what's going to happen is I'm going to go over there with my kids and I'm going to eat all this, all right. gonna eat, and then I'm going to eat again. I'm going to probably eat twice and I'll eat and then I'll just like kind of sit have around a little bit more kind of, you know, watch a little TV and then you have to have and pumpkin I'm get pie, up, right? I'm going to eat, eat some more. And then I'm going to have some pumpkin pie with whipped cream. Okay. And then you know what I'm going to do? You're going to fall asleep. I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> and then you're going to come like, in next Saturday. We're talking. And you're going to tell me that your pants don't zip up. <laughs> they don't now. But I'm talking like a good hour and 45 minute nap after that. Yeah. Oh, that trip to fan. Yeah. It's going to be I'm actually making all of those things. Over time. I'm not kidding. Yeah? I'm, I'm just going all out. So I'm, I'm going to be like... <laughs> Well, you do that anyways. Just do you do that anyways? <laughs> I think it's just like an old man thing. You know, you just kind of eat and fall asleep. <laughs> They're gonna be like, "Hey, Carl, wake up, wake up! It's Thanksgiving, huh? What? 
<laughs> you'll have all your kids there. It and really does make you fall couch. asleep, that turkey, you know? Yeah, I think we're all just tired. I think Not it's just, a turkey. It has that. It's just nice to have a day to relax that you just don't have to be anywhere. That's so true. We're going to appreciate the Thursday. We're going to be back yeah. on Saturday. Yeah. And we'll go from there. You know what we're playing on Saturday? I do. What? We have The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Right. We have Fibber, Fibber McGee and Molly and The Green Hornet, which wow. is always a yeah. lot of fun. That's going to be good. And, you know, check our Facebook page this week. I promise to post on there and let you know exactly what and when. So, um, yeah, we'll you let know. you know what's going on soon as we hear. And again, thanks for all the great posts. Yeah, thank you so much for all these wonderful messages. It really warms my heart.